the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Tom Sumner, and we uh, continue with our conversation with candidates for the uh, second ward seat on the Flint City Council. Uh, four candidates are running in the second ward. Uh, the top two in the August 3rd primary will move on to the general election. And uh, we return now to part two of my conversation with Liddell Lewis. This is sort of your chance to evaluate the evaluator. <laughs> Liddell, welcome. <laughs> Liddell, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, not a problem. I enjoyed the commercials. <laughs> well, Liddell, um, we were talking in the, in the previous segment at the end of the last hour about... Um, about your background and what you bring to the city council but what are some of the things that you think the city council should be doing that it isn't doing oh, well first um we need to have the open-mindedness to put the city first put the city first um, after you put the city first um, then you're willing to work with all actors that are responsible for the health and the wealth of the city. Because at the candidate forum, we heard a lot of candidates, they expressed that they are not willing to work with this mayor, but they are willing to work with the next mayor. Well, unfortunately, we're, we're running in an election underneath the current mayor. So if you're not willing to work with the administration, yeah, just go ahead and sit this out and wait till we get another mayor. So, um, so that is first and foremost. What yeah? What do you think about that? <clears throat> the the apparent um, uh, divide between the council and and the city administration. 
Well, I'll give you this analogy. So I used to be a supervisor um, working at General Motors. And as a supervisor, you know, it's the difference between salary workers and hourly workers. But overall, we still work for who? We still work for General Motors. And that's how we need to look at it here. We need to look at it as, guess what? We are different uh, branches of government, but we're still working for the citizens of Flint. So in everything that we do, we need to put the citizens first. And if you don't know what putting citizens first is, maybe you need to uh, get in touch with the citizens and see what they want so you can understand how to move forward. So regardless of how you feel about Mayor Neely, regardless of how you feel about anyone, if you are actually putting the citizens first, the citizens um, will out will, will move forward with the, you know what I'm saying with the actions that we choose. But when you have another agenda, definitely we remain stagnant and spinning our wheels. Are the um, constituents in the second ward, um, do they have different needs than constituents in the fifth ward or the seventh ward? Or well, uh, well, we we do, we really do, because we are you know one of the poorest wards, and <clears throat> and you know that that does not represent Flint as a whole. But yeah, we have those challenges. We are. Uh, places where people choose to just dump blight, you know. So some areas, well, this, that's not what they have. So absolutely, we have different challenges. And, uh, yeah, and we're just, we need innovative solutions to solve those challenges. Can Flint attract jobs? Absolutely, Flint can attract jobs, you know, and Flint. Excuse me, country pop belief. We have such a pool of talent here. I mean, Flint pool of talent is run so deep that a lot of us we have to move out of out of town, out of state to be utilized. So absolutely, we have the talent, and um, and we definitely have the marketability to be successful. What are the things that the city needs to do to attract um, job creators? Well, first, it starts with, uh, you know, having neighborhood pride. Well, well, let me start with this. First, we have to clean house with city council because no one, when you look at us, we look like a joke. So we must change the way, you know, our administration, our government is run so we even look inviting to come because, I mean, yeah, across the world, we look like a joke to people, you know, getting council members taken away in handcuffs and, and, and threatening to fight and stuff. Yeah, it, it looks crazy, you know, a it does nine look, hour meeting. It, it, it does look crazy, Liddell. And I remember talking with, uh, at that time, uh, the mayor of Lansing, uh, Virge Bernero, and he used to refer to their city council as the city council. And I guess my concern is <laughs> there's more than one clown in the in the city council clown car how does one council person um make a difference in in how the council looks to other people with marathon meetings that don't seem to get the work done on time so only only thing that we can do is just set the precedent set the example you know set the tone and don't buy into the foolishness because if everyone is chaotic then um, 
someone or I say something that's not chaotic, it's going to stand out. You know, so the if everyone's packing foolishness, you can tell when the other people are not packing foolishness. It's going to be a great divide. And so when people see how a council member should carry themselves, what real business looks like when it's being handled, yeah, then they will start demanding more from their constituency because Flint is like a visual city. You have to see it to believe it. So they have to see what an exemplar council person looks like. They have to see what someone that really has a passion for the city looks like. And once they see it, then we have a standard to measure everyone else by. And when everyone else, when they're not meeting that standard, then the people, they will decide if that person has to go or stay. Liddell, have you run for uh, any any public offices before? I have. Yep. Um, when I was a resident of Maryland, I ran for the Democratic Central Committee, and and that was it. But outside of that, I've been on different advisory committees, um, and et cetera. I was also appointed by the governor of Maryland um, to the Citizen Advisory Board for Children. So, yeah. Uh, how are you campaigning as we get close to the August 3rd um, uh, primary? Uh, it's... It seems like it's a tough time to be running for something as we're not completely over this this whole pandemic thing yet. Yes. Well, um, I am very mindful, you know, that people are still trying to stay safe. So I'm not having um, a lot of events where people gather. But um, what I am doing, I'm definitely on the phone making phone calls. But most importantly, I'm out here doing the work. And the people in the second world, they see that I'm doing the work. And this is just the work as a regular citizen. So this is what I'll be doing even if I was not running. You know, I wrote a grant, got some new sidewalks for the community, um, um, wrote another grant, got new solar power lights in the community, you know, so we can fight crime by design. Uh, man, uh, yeah, I got the community cleaned up by, well, one, I'm having a, a cleanup as we speak, so a group of people were out in the Second War cleaning um, up things that, that were left behind from the uh, from the current council person. And then what are we also doing, guys? I mean, we're just out here doing the work. And that is the best advertisement that, that I have. I also have you know, teams that's going to the different pockets of the Second War, you know, canvassing, just dropping um, pieces of literature off in people's door and in their hands they're outside. But, yeah, but being mindful of the pandemic, yeah, I, I'm just doing the work, what I naturally do. And so if the citizens, if they're interested in doing the work and the, the work getting done, then, you know, they'll see me and they'll know that's what I'm here for. I was doing it before I decided to run it, and I'm going to do it even after, regardless of what the income, outcome is. Liddell, um, are you from Flint originally? I am born and raised in the Second Ward. And how did you end up in Maryland, and, and what brought you back? Well, what brought me back, well, <laughs> well, thanks for asking. So I end up in Maryland because of the key thing that I mentioned earlier, no opportunity. You know, we're told to go to college, get a good education, we can write our own ticket. Well, came back home, and me and my husband, no one would have sucked our ticket. He has a master's degree in, in, in economics, and, you know, and me with my Ph.D., there was no opportunity back home for us. So I, we had to go where the job was. And then what brought me back was uh, my father. He got ill. He uh, he had COPD, and family oh, first. So so mm-hmm. so I came home, 
and to take care of him. But I noticed that not only was my dad sick, but my community was too. You know, once the once vibrant community that I grew up in, you know, Kyle Rowe used to be a, a hustling and bustling strip of restaurants. Uh, the neighbors used to take pride in their yard to walking down the street, and I'm seeing bullets in, in front of my house. And I'm getting reports from neighbors of how bullets done penetrated their homes. Very unsafe. So that that just implored me to get to work. So no matter where I live, I'm going to do my part. Um, Liddell, I, I always ask um, guests, because we just have about three minutes left, um, mm-hmm. I always ask guests to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future, and about your campaign and so on. Do you have a website, or is there someplace online where people can find out more about you or get in touch Absolutely. if they want? Yeah. Well, well, I'm going to put it out here. I have a phone number, and you can call me, and we can talk about it. And my phone number is 810 that's 810-955-5401. And you also can um, find my candidacy page on Facebook, Liddell Lewis for Second Ward. But if you really, really want to know what I'm about, Google me. You will see all of my accomplishments. You will see everything that I've been worked on. I mean, you will see that I've been for Flint for a long time, from owning a semi-professional women's basketball team to receiving the Alumni of the Year. Um, from the University of Michigan Flint. I mean, we can really, re- you can really get in depth. You can even see my, my dissertation titled um, Stop Snitching, Crime Reporting in the Inner City, which is very timely now, and that could be used, um, you know, if it was only used. So definitely, I'm here for it. Check me out. All right. Well, Liddell, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning so people could uh Evaluate the evaluator. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We call that meta-evaluation. So, yes, it is my pleasure. Liddell, take care and, and good luck. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it, Tom. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Again, that was uh, Liddell Lewis. She is uh, one of four candidates running for the second ward seat on the Flint City Council. The uh, primary is coming up August And I did get a uh, press release yesterday from the uh, city clerk's office that I'll share with you. In order to allow voting by absentee ballot over the counter for the August 3rd city council primary election, the city clerk's office is currently open on the third floor of Flint City Hall from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Registered voters can also apply for and receive an absentee ballot at the clerk's office in person until August 2nd at 4 p.m. That's the day before the election. Um, it's, it's also worthy of mentioning that um, there is not a primary election in the 1st, 5th, and ninth wards. However, those wards will be included in the general election in November. In any event... Um, uh-oh. And yeah, we'll check that out. Um, we're going to take a short break, and we have one more candidate to go. And we will have had all four from the second ward. Tomorrow is uh, the third ward. Uh, we'll look at the candidates in that race. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner.
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com Yo, speaking. Oh dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversations with candidates for the uh, second ward seat on the Flint City Council. And uh, in this um, next uh, conversation, I'm uh, visited by phone from, uh, well, the official candidate list from the county clerk says Audrey Young, but on Facebook, she's Sis Audrey F. Young Muhammad. Um, and she joins me by phone. Audrey, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Thank, thank you for having me on. Um, Audrey, I've asked other candidates this question. Mm-hmm. The Flint City Council has a reputation for being, if I put it politely, chaotic. Um, yes. with meetings that run into the wee hours of the morning and often don't get the things done that they need to get done by the deadlines, even the ones that they impose on themselves. Why would you want to run for city council? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. People think that we're insane, but, you know, you got a lot of great people still that live here in Flint that still want to help. Um, and that really want to see a change come about. Um, I think that um, some of the differences in the, their philosophies may be part of the reason why they have so many differences, but we can come together and try to set aside some differences because of the most people, uh, the ones that are the most important is not the nine that's sitting there. The most important is the 90,000 that sits outside of there. So we got to think about them. Um, I don't have a problem with working with people. I've worked with people quite often that we may not have, we may not see eye to eye, but we work t- toward a, a common goal. Um, so why I want to run is that I just feel like I have something different to bring into the um, equation. Um, over the years, this the studying, putting to practice, not just studying, because anybody can study and read. But just to study and be able to put into practice different things that I've learned, you know, um, with just finding other ways of um, conflict resolution. Sometimes it just take having a conversation. This might be a clear misunderstanding. Communication is key. So I think I'd just bring something different or something to enhance those that are there that are trying to do certain things. I just think I have that, and I'm able to be able to bring that to the table. Well, Audrey, what's what's your background, and and what do you think you could bring to the table? Well, I have been here fighting um, even since before the water um, became an issue. Um, my family, just over the course of years, it was almost basically a requirement for my family. We've always been involved in the community, um, equality, justice, bringing about a change in the community, helping and assisting. Um, I think back sometimes, and I say it jokingly, but my mom's been deceased since 2009, and sometimes I'll call my sisters and tell them to come get their mama because I feel myself doing the things that she used to do years ago. So when I say that, <laughs> I say that, I, really, I seriously, I do. I, I wake up and be like, I think she's here, right here in me. Uh, my mom has been a fighter for years, ever since I can remember. I remember being a little girl and living in the housing projects out off of Carpenter Road. She had a second-hand store that was there that was actually, she'd received funding, and it was called Helping Hands, where she was doing the same thing that you see in the Goodwills now. 
She had clothing. She repaired them. She made sure people had clothing for anything that was inexpensive. Um, she's always been involved, like before age. She's always taught nutrition. Those are the things that I learned from her. So those things are definitely in my personal background. But educationally, I have been working as an, I have graduated and got a bachelor's degree in occupational therapy. So I've been doing occupational therapy for 19 years, over 19 years, working in, in many settings. I've worked in the hospital in acute care, getting them right out of surgery. I worked in the long-term care. I worked in skilled care nursing homes. I worked in the schools. I've, home care is, is where I really love because you get a chance to see people in their natural environment. And I love seeing people in their natural environment. That way you get a chance to see more of what their needs are. And I've learned as a therapist to be a critical thinker, to be able to do client-based uh, client therapy, which means everybody's situation is different. Everybody don't have the same needs. Everybody don't have the same help and support. So you find out what the needs are, and then that way you're able to assess it and be able to help them where they're at, help them to be the best person that they can. And that's pretty much what I like to do. So, don't, I mean, there's a lot of things I could go into today on what it is that I do, but that in particular is one of the things that I definitely love doing. I just love helping people. Well, I, I always say I work harder for no money than I do when I do for money. That's <laughs> <laughs> honest to God truth. And <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. I do radio. Um, yeah. But let's let's talk about a little Flint therapy. Um, yeah. If you look at the history of Flint going all the way back, there are several times Flint has had to reinvent itself and become a comeback city. Yeah. The last 30 years or so has been especially rough for the city of Flint with the loss of jobs. And, and yeah. of course, that cut off money to the city. So, you know, budget shortfalls led to emergency managers and the Flint water crisis and now a pandemic. Um, yes. we're, we're coming out of that pandemic and what does a comeback look like for Flint going forward? Can, can Flint have another comeback and what does it look like? Yes, Flint can have a comeback. Any place can have a comeback. It's not gone. Um, there's like the needs, like, you know, we know basic needs. Why don't we have a factory here that's supplying some of the basic needs that we need? I know we all want General Motors to come back because we've seen those high EMP and jobs, you know, okay, that's gone. So now you got to go to the next step. Why don't we have a factory here that's making simple things like toilet tissue? You know, you're not going to ever not need toilet tissue. You're not going to ever not need paper towel tissue or other kind of products that are basic needs right now. If we were if we were to done things or have things moving in a direction, we could have had some place here that was producing our own hand sanitizer. We know that we need that, and we're not out from needing hand sanitizer because the the numbers are going back up. So you got to look and see the basic needs. I can take that what I learned in occupational therapy. What are the needs of the community? We should have a water plant here. We need water. Why why have why we don't have a water plant here in Flint? Supplying the needs of the city, providing jobs for the residents here in the city, that's a need. We get water coming in from every place else, and we want people to donate it to us. We want that. But donate us some jobs. Bring a factory here and allow us to bottle the water here so that way we can produce it for ourselves. Especially if you're giving it away, it don't matter. Even with selling it and distributing it to other areas, 
let's get something here going that we need here. Well, uh, Audrey, we could do a whole show talking about water, especially in the city yeah. of Flint. And and it was, you know, it was determined there was a point where we could have gone our own way and produced our own water or re-signed with uh, Detroit, which we ultimately did. But let's talk about another similar circumstance. The city council just recently uh, went through some uh, renego- contract renegotiations with our uh, trash collectors, mm-hmm. Republic Services, uh, yeah. or Republic Waste Management, or whatever it's called. And they missed the deadline. Republic kept picking up trash until a 90-day extension was finally uh, finally passed. And now it looks like maybe Republican doesn't want the gig long term. Who should be collecting Flint's trash? So, yes. Now, let me just tell you, this is just me personally. Um, When those four years was up before, when we renewed the contract, Republic had some problems and issues then that they did not solve in those four years. I repeat it. They did not solve those problems in those four years that they had the chance and opportunity. So the public came forward. Four years ago, the public was speaking out against Republic then. It just so happened the only other person who had a, a bidding was a company from Detroit that there were some other issues with. Now, we know that emergency management, our garbage trucks got sold off, and that's how we lost our own contract. Um, you know, doing our own garbage disposal here in Flint. My suggestion is, and I and I did say it at the city council meeting, and I'll say it again. We can do a, I would say, I like to call it a spin down, a buyout, where when we do this contract, we figure out where is the budget and how many trucks we can actually purchase ourselves. We don't have to go out and purchase a whole fleet of trucks. Buy one or two, or however many it is. Do it over the course of four years, eight years, whatever the contract is, and that contracting company knows that we're going to end up doing our own services. Every year that we buy trucks, we take back a portion of that contract. If it's no more than just getting rid of the compost, if it's no more than to start picking up the larger items, whatever it is that we do, we need to start the process of getting our own garbage trucks. They got the saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So we're not looking for the the city to go out and buy a whole fleet of trucks and then just take over our own contract. That would be suicide for us, and we know that we don't have the money available. However, you can see it realistically if you start to say, well, every year let's find a way in our budget that we can purchase thus many trucks so we can take that portion of our own contract back to where Flint can start doing the garbage disposal for themselves. I know it's the HR thing, you know, they always talk about what it's going to cost us a lot because guess what, we got to do the HR, we got to talk about hiring and all that stuff. Let's just do it. We got to do it. We got to, if we want to be independent, that's the steps for us to become independent once again. We can't keep depending on everybody else to do things for us and take care of us or constantly contracting out. That's how we got caught in the position when we had General Motors. And then another thing, we would have more revenue. I'm just going to say this, Tom. We would have more revenue here if we put higher stipulations and demands on those people who are coming into the city, working for city government, 
for early hospital. They don't live here in the city. They've taken our revenue back to where they live. That's part of the reason why we're losing so much money. We should not be giving them constantly just providing jobs. And I know they said, well, it was a skills opportunity that we did not have. But guess what? If you put the stipulations on them and make them have to live here in the city, if they want a job and want to get paid well, they'll move here in the city of Flint. They'll make Flint back the comeback city. They'll make it a better city for us to live in. They'll make it much, you know, it's a lot of things that'll go in hand, hand in hand with that. We need to go back and start looking and seeing why we lost so much revenue. We lost a lot when they started allowing people to work for the city and not live in the city. Well, that's, why, going, that's where a lot of that's gone. Going you know? all the way back to uh, Mayor Walling um, yeah. advocated for an increase in non-resident city tax um, yes. being levied. And um, yeah. and I guess that, that begs the question, would you prefer... If, if the city, um, at least the jobs that the city controls or can have an influence over, like Hurley Hospital and, and government jobs. Fire um, department, police department. Yeah, should, should they require that those jobs be filled by Flint residents? I think they should. I think it should have never been allowed to go out. You look at other big metropolitan cities, they don't allow that. And, and, you know, looking at how much revenue we have lost here in the city of Flint. And then, you know, it's, it's not only just that. It's a pride thing. If you come back and you're made to live in the city, and you'll start taking pride in the area that you live in. You know, I'm big, I'm big on pride. Let's grow. Let's make ourselves grow. How do you build pride? you got to build back up some of the things. The people that's in the city got to have pride. Blight is not going to end if you continue to have people wanting to dump. They don't have the pride. That pride is, go- is gone. If you got people in the community that's watching and being the watchdogs, if that's what they want to call them, and make sure that their community is there clean, telling people, look, because I'll go out and say, hey, look, you drop some trash. Pick it up. Please pick it up. Please do not leave my neighborhood looking bad. I always think about that, that, that old commercial with the Indian talking oh. about America. How it was Oh, it always comes back to my mind. See, now you're going to make me out. cry. Ah, you know, you know, I'm taking you way, way back. Yes, I even, you are. I even brought up that commercial one day and made my look, my little grands look at it because when you start thinking about the things that we don't have anymore, we need those kind of things available. Um, you know, with with building the pride in the community. I remember, and I was talking to someone. We had the city. Um, when they used to have the city cemetery out off of Linden Road, they had the city greenhouse out there. Me and my mother and several other people here in the city of Flint used to volunteer time out there. Um, it was wonderful because if you remember, Chester Simmons was a, uh, the city council person. His wife was the manager in the housing projects out there off of Carpenter Road. And she said, hey, I need you all to volunteer at the city greenhouse. We went out there. We got plants for free. We helped make plants that the city used. We got a chance to plant and beautify our city. We took pride in it. We took, the, took it from the beginning to the end. So we got free flowers to plant around the city. Those are the kind of things we need back here in order to build pride. We're going to stay dirty. We're going to not have ourselves beautified as we should if we don't find a way to get those things to come back. Do I say those things could happen in four? Well, the city council seat is for five years. Can it happen in five years? Maybe so. Maybe not. It might need longer than that. But it's got to start 
somewhere. You got to start the growing somewhere to make it happen. So I just think that we need to we need to bring those jobs back or put a higher tax stipulation on everybody living outside of the city limits that want to come into the city and work. It does, it, you know, General Motors, those private companies, that's fine for them. But if you want to be a city employee and you say you love the city enough to work for it, love the city enough to live here in it. Audrey, how are you able to campaign? For the August primary coming up, um, several things. Are, are, I mean, are you, go, are are you going door, door to campaign? door? I am going door to door. I'm meeting people. I'm meeting people. Like I tell them, the work that you see me doing now is what I've always done. The only thing that's changed about campaign season is that me knocking on doors and meeting a lot of great new people. When I say new people, great new people, great new people. People that, that that sincerely they want to see Flint do better. They sincerely want to see Flint a better place. They want to see it the comeback city. They want to see a lot of great things to happen here. They are giving me numbers, telling me to call them. They got my number. Every person I talk to, they all have my phone number. I tell them we, we need to get together. We need to build a community camaraderie. I found in the second ward, you know, I don't have but one apartment building that have maybe six units in it. We got about four or five empty school buildings in the second ward. We have, what, one, maybe two grocery stores, a lot of party stores, a lot of other stuff, but we need to bring back stuff that's going to matter. We have one rec center that's not open. That's Haskell. We have, we have six or seven parks in the second ward, including Max Brandon Park, Sarvis Park, you know, Kniff Park, over on Fleming and Kniff. Over at King School, we got a lot of great things in the second ward, but we got to be able to do more than just a playground. They got basketball hoops. We need to bring activities, more activities to those parks and make them more accessible. I found out just even trying to reserve the park, I found out some of the parks aren't even under the city. They're under the county. The, the, and the people in the city office didn't know which park it was. That if, if, if They said, let me check the record. They said, oh, that park right there is the one that's under the county. You got to talk to the county about it. So, it, But we have all of these parks in the second ward. But it's a lot of things that we could have available and accessible to us. But, yes, I am out. I'm not only out knocking on doors. I'm out here right now at Greater Holy Temple or North Dort, Dort Highway passing out water and food. I've been here since eight by eight thirty this morning, bagging up food to give out. I've been at other places giving out food and stuff. So I'm out in the community. These are things that I, that I do, and I just been blessed right now. Um, I am looking for um, something to do during the summertime, but I go back to work in September because I'll be working part time again in the schools. But while I'm off, I utilize my time out in the community. Are the needs of the people in the second ward different than the needs of the people in, say, the fifth ward or the seventh ward? Very similar, somewhat different, um, or to flip from our area, because like right now we got a couple of places, you know, we have the problem with, that's been on the news with up at Don Donut with the loitering, and up at Clio and Pasadena with the, um, the, the, the drag racing and doing the donuts in the middle of the street. You could go up and just see the rubber in the middle of the road at the corner of Pasadena and Clio Road. So those are, the, those are areas we need to have not only just, I say police presence, but get cameras out there. If you get cameras and start getting license plates, we don't need the helicopter flying overhead. Those cameras are going to be there forever. But we can always take pictures of the license plate 
issue and send out a, a ticket. DDA give us a ticket if you parked in the spot downtown and don't pay. So why couldn't the cameras be up there to do the same thing? I ain't happy about that. I got a ticket from parking down there and couldn't even put money in the meters. That's a whole nother issue right there. But we we got those cameras that's work. They got those cameras working. Why couldn't they have cameras strategically placed around the city that's monitored, that's taking pictures and everything? So, I mean, you know, those issues, I would say, are different. With the parks, we got park a lot of park cleanups. You don't have as many parks in the Fifth Ward. So we do have some things that's very similar. They cross over with each other, and they're different. But, you know, I'm I'm the kind of person that I don't look at just the second ward as being the place where I live. I look at the city of Flint as being the place where I live. So if something is happening in the second ward, if it's happening in the fifth ward, the first ward, any of the wards, then it's happening to me too, and I'm concerned. So it doesn't matter to me if somebody calls me from another ward say, hey, this is going on over here, we got this going on. I'm going over there to help them. This right here where I'm at now is in the third ward. It's not in the second ward, but it's affecting the residents of Flint. So I'm out, I'm out there. I'm all over everywhere. Well, Audrey, we just have a couple minutes left, but I always give mm-hmm. guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your campaign, your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I don't have a website. I do have an email address. It's called Change for Justice flint at gmail.com that's change for justice flint at gmail.com website will be coming up real soon um because i'm gonna just tell you after august the third win lose it don't make a difference sister audrey gonna be out here in the community she's still gonna be she's gonna still keep going and keep um continue on um i just got through um talking to a few people um my sister janice uh, muhammad was very instrumental with working with Juneteenth and CBOP and in Cobra right here in the city of Flint. She did work uh, every year. She um, helped plan Juneteenth and um, Kwanzaa. And I have been involved with doing it for the last several years myself, but I've been asked to continue on with some of the things that she had been doing, which we were doing anyway, which is disaster preparedness because we're coming into disaster season. We've already, it's already started hitting. Um, I'm in the community. I do sewing classes we got to get those going back because I have requests for those. We've done canning classes. Um, if it be the will of God, by next year, hopefully we could do something with some more gardening things. I have my own small personal garden in my backyard, but like container gardening. we got to get in the community and make those things happen. If we don't know how to do it, we got to get somebody else to get in there and do it. But we have people who are willing to help to, um, do, um, to do a lot of the training. You know, we got electricians and contractors that's willing to help train young men. And we got a group that's called Man Up Peacekeepers. We're going to be meeting this Friday over at Burston Field House at 4 p.m. We meet up, and, and what we do is we go out with crisis counselors. We go out and we do conflict resolution. We go out to scenes sometimes where the crime is that we send the men out there because we make sure it's not dangerous. But if the women are needed to help with consoling or counseling people, the loved ones of someone who's been murdered, they're out there too. And they can always see. I post things constantly on my Facebook page at Sister, S-I Sister, Audrey F. Young Muhammad. I've been out here in the community for a long time, so please, please visit my page, even though I don't have a website up. Please visit my page. You can find more about my campaign on there. You're going to always see me out and about doing things. Well, so, Audrey, yes. we got to end mm-hmm. it there. But thank you so much okay. for spending this time with uh, me and the you, listeners Tom. this morning. And keep up the good work. 
All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have a good day. All right. Take care. And I'm on my way back out to finish up helping out for the day. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we'll take a short break. We'll be back with the final segment of today's edition of the Tom Sumner program right after this. Tom Sumner show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places. So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You are, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Gentlemen, who are we scheduled to interview next? I've been waiting around now for three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, our apologies. Our next guest is the junior senator from New York. Senator, first we'd like to welcome you here today. We hope this will be a happy interview. No, well, I mean, that's, I don't think that that would be, I doubt if it will be. (laughs) (laughs) Senator, as the father of nine children and a devoted family man, we'd like to thank you for taking the time out to come and speak with us here. I'm delighted to see uh, so many grown-ups all in one room. (laughs) Uh, We continue the questioning with Mr. Swayze. Senator, I wonder if we might switch for just a moment and keep the door open. Well, sir, we normally close the door for silence, you understand. I'm in favor of keeping that door open. (laughs) All right, we'll keep the door open. Thank you very much. Senator, as an out-of-stater, some people have questioned your motives for coming into New York. I grew up here in the state of New York. Well then, obviously it does have meaning for you. What exactly is New York to you and your wife, Ethel? Something that we will hand over to our children. (laughs) Mr. St. Ledger. Uh, Now that you're a senator, you must have some very, very exciting and vital things you plan on doing for the people of New York. No, I have no plans. Surely, Surely, Senator, you have some ideas. I just have no plans. Well, what do the people of New York need? Well, I think you'd have to ask them. Senator, if we can can look ahead for just a moment, uh, do you think your brother Teddy will one day be president? If he wants to uh, join me and where I'm going, I'd be glad to have him along. interpret what you've just said, uh, when would you like to be president? Now. Well, I think you know it can't be done that quickly. 1965, 1966? No, obviously you can't run for president until 1968. I don't think that's fair. (laughs) 
been rumored that you're carrying on a feud with the president. Now, of course, none of us happen to believe that. Didn't you pay him a visit just recently? A few days ago. Did you have a nice, friendly chat with the president? I showed up and he had guards to keep me out. <laughs> understood, sir, that on a recent tour of the western United States, you visited Mount Rushmore. I did, yes. With the great heads of Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln carved into the mountainside. That's correct. And as you stood there gazing up at that monument, did any particular thoughts come to mind? I'd like to be a part of that. <laughs> schedule. We almost took it upon ourselves to cancel this interview entirely. I would have been delighted. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Every place I go, 
Hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. I want to say thanks to the candidates for the uh, second ward seat on the Flint City Council, starting uh, first thing this morning with the incumbent, Maurice Davis, and uh, and then moving on to uh, the three challengers, Arthur Woodson, Liddell Lewis, and Audrey Young, also known as uh, Sister Audrey uh, F. Young Muhammad. And um, now what I'm going to do tomorrow, I'm uh, turning to the third ward. We skipped over the first ward because it will not be on the ballot. You have to have more than two candidates for there to be a primary. And then the top two candidates move on to the general election in November. Um, first ward city councilman uh, Eric Mays is running unopposed. Um, or I guess there's a write-in candidate, but uh, it still didn't take it to over two. Um, so the first ward will not be on the ballot. And uh, the fifth ward and ninth wards will not be on the ballot in the August 3rd primary. But uh, tomorrow, now I've reached out several times to A.C. Dumas and have not heard back, but he's tentatively scheduled for tomorrow. The other two candidates in that open seat in the third ward are Quincy Murphy and Carrie Nelson, who held the seat once before. In uh, any event, tune in tomorrow. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday and Friday will be the other four wards that will appear and uh, so far all of the candidates have uh, agreed to be part of this so you can get to know them right here on the tom sumner program anyway time for me to head down the hall to the living room but i'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the tom sumner program good night everybody the tom sumner program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.